he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them who were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I want to minister tonight on the subject, what Christ came to do. What Christ came to do. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. And a lot of people don't really know what they're doing, where they're going. But Christ came for a purpose. And the purpose was to preach the gospel to the poor. To preach deliverance to the captives. Amen. To open the eyes of them that are blind. Amen. And I want to minister to here tonight on the subject, what Christ came to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name tonight. And Lord, within myself, I can't do anything. I cannot uh, give the people that which they need. But Lord, I know that if you would anoint me here tonight, that your word would do that which it's meant to do, that it would go to the very depths of the soul and that they would have a word that they can live by for time and eternity, a word, a life-changing word, a healing word to that soul that's broken here tonight. And Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Lord, let your spirit flow through me. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. About a year and a half ago, Melissa and I had the privilege of going to Mexico to minister and we were there for about a week. And I'll just get right into the, the trip, but follow me because I'm going somewhere with it. Flew from New Orleans to Houston, from Houston to Mexico City. I believe there's only maybe two international airports in the whole country in Mexico. At least that's what I was told. Um, so you can't really fly to all these places near to your destination of where you desire to go. We flew into Mexico City. And from there, it was a two-hour bus ride to what was called Pachuca, Mexico, large city in Mexico, very modern, very similar to some of the cities you see here in the States. They got the Dairy Queens, amen. They got, so when I seen that, I was like, all right, we can work with this. You know? And uh, I knew it was the will of the Lord us to be there right then. No, no, but, um, but there was Applebee's, all that stuff. It was very modern, amen. And... We had a service there the first night. I believe we got there on a Tuesday. Melissa's brother, which is my brother-in-law, preached. There was some, at least 400 people there probably, ministered the gospel. Many came forward, received the Lord as their Savior. We prayed for him, things like that. But the next day we were to, and this was the real reason that we went there. Again, it was to preach the gospel, but we traveled to the mountains. Amen. I don't even know the name of where we were. It probably don't have a name. But we traveled, again, two-hour bus ride to Pachuca, stayed there, four-hour ride to the mountains. Amen. And we were riding in what was called a, a, a Volkswagen sport van. Amen. 
I don't know why it's called that because there's nothing sporty about it. <laughs> I had to call Volkswagen and say, I don't, this, you guys, this is a scheme here because that ain't right. But out there, you, you, we were riding five, five deep in the car. So everyone who was in the car got to know each other real good. I'm here to tell you, they don't got paved roads going up there. And man, I'm talking about, it is rough. I'd by far rather ride my four-wheeler on them roads, but we were in this Volkswagen sport van. Halfway up, smell gas to a degree that you're choking on it. Hello? If you've been around cars, trucks, motorcycles, anything like that, you know what I'm talking about. What The, the smell of gas, the, uh, it just, if it gets real close to you, it's, it's like you can taste it. Gasoline. And that's how it was with this and and we came to find out so we stopped and there's cities i'm talking you got to go an hour at a time before you come up on anything and we came up on one and you know not to be unkind but i'm me no habla espanol right i don't know spanish so when we pull over here i don't know if this is the last stop of my life or what but we pull over we say hey man this this is the car ain't right and again they're talking i don't know anything they're saying just know, if you want to go on a missions trip, make sure it's God. Hello? Because if you can't understand what they're saying, it gets rough. <laughs> because you're at their mercy. Now, nothing was wrong. They were good people. But we found out we had a ruptured gas line. And he sat now with these Volkswagens. It had to be all fancy. And it was up in the side of the car. They would have had to take the whole gas tank out, basically, the side of the car off to get to the thing. And so we were like, all right, we're just going to go with it. I hope that it goes well. Long story short, we made it to our destination by the grace of God, and it was a very long trip, very rocky, very rough. And we got out there, preached the gospel, saw people, and, and you talk about needs. These people have needs that some of our biggest problems are, are just, it doesn't even, not worthy to be compared to these guys' problems. Although they don't have even medicine like we have they don't have hospitals like we have. They don't have doctors like we have. Melissa's dad told me growing up in Mexico, he said, brother, when I was sick, I had to get down on my knees and ask the Lord to heal me. Amen. I had to ask the Lord to heal me until he did. I had to stay there till he did heal me. And the Lord would heal him. But long story short, we got up to the mountains, preached in one place. Then we went another two hours. Now we're so far from that airport, buddy, I can't even tell you how far from our original destination. But we went out there, and long story short, I preached two times. We had great services. Many people outside prayed for them, uh, for the sick, saw people saved, things like that. But I want to look at our last night. We left out there on a Wednesday. This is Friday night what stood out to me more than anything. Brother Danny, which again is my brother-in-law, he preached to a crowd this night of at least 700 people, tons of people, and it's so far out that it's beyond our comprehension. People walked two hours to hear the gospel. We have a hard time driving literally 20, 30 minutes to come to church, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not preaching about that tonight, but... People would walk two hours at a time because they heard that the gospel was coming to their city. Amen. And we got there, had another great service. Many people came forward, talking hundreds, 
prayed with them for 25, 30 minutes in those altars that night. But after the service, when they know you're from America, they want to get to know you. Amen. They want to ask for prayer. They want to tell you their testimony, etc. They appreciate people from America more than you would ever know. And we had a couple uh, come up to us. They had two daughters. Amen. Follow me here. They had two daughters. It was a husband and wife. And long story short, they began to tell us what was going on in their lives. Told us they were falling on hard times. The man, you could tell he had worked for everything he ever had. Amen. He just had that look about him, the clothes he was wearing. They work hard over there, and they get less than we get. But he began to tell us the situation, and I couldn't understand at the time, but Melissa told me later that what he told her, it really was mind-boggling. He said that he had beat his wife in front of his two daughters. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not a pretty situation. Amen? That says that there's a temper problem there to me, big time, that has to be dealt with. But he wanted help. Amen? And as a result of him beating his wife, he got so angry, he said he just punched the wall that was closest to him in their house. And as a result of that, he had a broken hand. But again, no cast, no medication, none of that. So here he is with a broken hand. Here he is coming from miles to hear the gospel. Amen. And all of a sudden he began, Melissa began to share the gospel with him. Talking about sharing the gospel outside of the four walls. Amen. Talking about sharing the gospel with those who are in need. Amen. Outside of the four walls because I'm here for four hours a week. But all the other hours of the week, I am around people who are lost, around people who are perishing, around people that don't know Christ, around people that have never heard the true gospel. Amen? But she began to share the gospel with him, and he began to weep. He began to break. He began to sob and cry right in front of me, right in front of his two kids, right in front of his wife. And it takes a lot to do that to where he was drying his face with his shirt, literally. But Melissa told him the gospel, and that's what broke him because he wanted God. Hello? And we got too many preachers out here today not giving the gospel. Hello? They got these rocking music shows. I've seen it with my own two eyes. Their jeans are tighter than anything that could ever be understood. They have no, I don't, I'm not going to say they don't got business on the platform. They probably play better than me. But they do need a new haircut. Hello? They need things. Amen? But these churches don't have the true gospel. It's so much noise. Hello? And people don't like to hear this. What, what I'm talking about right now. I know what I'm talking about. You can have, you can sing the songs. Hello? You can have the good music. You can have the right words. But what happens in the pulpit is going to determine the direction of the entire church. Amen? And while governments would rather, and trust me and hear me clearly, they would love it if these doors were chained and locked. Now, I'm not saying they're going to do it anytime soon, but they would literally be happy inside if it happened. Hello? But now is not the time to stop preaching the gospel. Hello? 
you say, brother, well, I might get sick. I, you might crash on the way to church in your car. Hello? Anything can happen, but we can't stop preaching. Glory to God. Said glory to God. There's no way that we can stop preaching. But Jesus came to preach. Glory to God. He didn't come to play bowling. Now, we took the youth bowling. But, and I'm going to do that again. But I got to preach. Hello? You said, some would say, Terrence, you got a bunch of young people. They don't want to hear that. They're going to have to go somewhere else. Because here we're preaching because I know in my soul that when I was 14 years old, I didn't want to hear what, this, what some guy was saying about a life coach or whatever they think or say. Or I, don't, I wanted to hear the word. Amen. And when I was even 16 years old, I didn't want to hear, no disrespect, I'm name dropping, didn't want to hear Joel Osteen. Didn't want to hear someone just smiling and saying everything was going to be all right. And if you follow Christ, you'll never have another problem. No, I wanted to say that even though you have problems, if you'll come to the cross of Calvary, you will find what you need. Glory to God. I wanted to hear brothers like Jimmy Swagger, Billy Graham, at the age of 16. Amen. And I say, Lord, anoint me just as you anointed them. And I believe that we got young people in this very church that want the same thing. Amen. But Jesus came to preach the gospel. What's the gospel? Good news. Amen. Now we're in, a, in the Christmas season, right? And a, a lot of people, I don't know what it is to really be alone. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't. But a lot of people are. But it's not time to run them over. It's not time to push people to the side. It's not time to walk by people as if everything's all right. But it's time to build relationships. And as a result of that, share the gospel with them. Amen. But he said he came to preach the gospel and heal the brokenhearted. Amen. Isaiah 53 and 5, you have a Bible, turn there with me. I won't be there long, but scripture that's always been deep within my soul. Amen. He said he came to preach the gospel to the poor, those who are willing to hear. Amen. People are poor. And it's not talking about poor, no money. It's talking about poor in spirit. But said Isaiah 53, because Jesus said he came to heal the broken heart. It said, but he was wounded for our transgressions, was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes. We are healed. Amen. The physical is one thing. Amen. I have never had to, I've never needed healing physically. Thank the Lord. Amen. And if I ever do, I pray and believe that he'll bring me through that. And if you need that here tonight, we'll pray with you and believe with you as well. Because the Jesus we serve heals. Amen. The Jesus we serve isn't out somewhere in some heaven floating on a cloud. has nothing to do with us. He has everything to do with us. Amen. And he came to preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, and that goes for your heart. Amen. Now the heart's the most important thing you have. Amen. Uh, you may have the money. You may have the truck, the car, the house, those things. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But the heart is the most important thing. And Jesus came to deal with the heart because it said heal the brokenhearted. He went to the heart first. As important as the physical is, 
Uh, it's one thing to have a physical problem, another thing to have a broken heart. Another thing to have a wounded soul, amen, as someone once said. But a wounded heart, wounded soul, it, it, it cripples you to where it's hard to function, amen. It's hard to go forward. And those online, if you're watching, that may be you tonight. You may have a broken heart. You may be struggling with certain things no one knows about. But I'm here to tell you Jesus came to heal it, amen. Came to heal the broken heart because... Failure. Now let me, let me say this. Let me go here for a moment. There's many things that can break the heart. Broken relationships, kids running from God, all those things. Those are terrible things. But I want to look at one thing here tonight, and that is failure in the life of a Christian. Amen? Because when you're a Christian... John said in 1 John, when you're born of the Spirit, you can't sin as you used to because you have the seed of God within your soul. Amen? Follow me here tonight. This is the most important thing you could honestly ever hear as a believer. If you're born again, bought with the blood of Christ, saved, and you know you're saved, but there's repeated failure. Or there has been even just one failure in the past that you can't seem to get past. That you can't seem to look beyond. Jesus came to heal that, but there's nothing like failure in the life of a Christian. And this I know, though I don't know the physical, I know this all too well. Amen? I know what it is to be giving, giving, giving. But it seems as if you're receiving nothing. Amen? I know what it is to look the part, but not be the part. Amen? I know what it is to go through the motions, to come to church on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday night, on a Wednesday night, heard the truest gospel you can hear, and still walk out unchanged. Amen? Because I couldn't see past my own failure. Now you say, what was that failure, Terrence? I really want to know. We're not going to go there, right? Amen? But just know that I know what it is. I know what I'm talking about maybe more than I should know what I'm talking about in this area. But when you look at Peter, amen? Brother Jason preached years ago, sifted but saved, amen? That's, <laughs> I can't come up with titles quite like him, but that's a good one. Sifted but saved. Peter was a man of God unlike very few that have ever lived. And strangely enough, God left his failure in the word of God for us to learn from it. Amen? But we have to really look at it to learn something from it. If you remember, whenever the, the soldiers, they came to get Christ, that entire entourage, they came to get Christ. And just before this, Peter said that, Lord, I'll go to jail for you. I'll even die for you. But when the rubber met the road, when it got real, hello? And I'm talking about we can be, look, Christians. Amen. We can act Christians. We can truly be born again. But when the rubber meets the road, now I don't believe God sent COVID. Hello? But 
it does show who, what, what's what to a degree. Amen? And God is, though many have slipped out of the church doors, though many have fallen away, many have been restored. Many have been renewed. Many have been refreshed because in these times, you will either run from Christ or to him. Amen? And I'm here to tell you the return of Christ is so close that it's, I don't even, it, it's almost frightening how close I believe that it is. And if you really break it down, some, some scholars, and I'll say this and leave it alone, but some scholars, when you really look in the Hebrew, in the, throughout the whole Old Testament prophecies, the dispensations of time, something dramatic happens every 1,000 to 2,000 years. Hello? It's been 2,000 years since Christ died. Some say he could return, and I don't, this isn't, they don't really know, but some say he could return as soon as 2023. Hello? If not sooner. And I believe that he could, he could return any day. So what I'm talking about can't be really glossed over, but let's look at Peter. Because if you're in this situation, here or online, and you failed God, when the rubber met the road, Peter, you see, remember, he, he swung with the sword and cut the man's ear off. Hello? He was being real. He was sincere. And he wasn't going, he didn't say, oh, I'm going to cut his ear off. And then, cut. no, he was trying to kill him. Hello? <laughs> Hello? But he cut the man's ear off and they took Christ away. And Jesus healed the man's ear. Hello? What a thought. But they took Christ away. Remember, Jesus said, when the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. Rooster crows once. Or no, no. He, Peter denied Christ once. Denied him twice, and as he was sitting around the fire, he could see Christ in the distance at trial. Hello, this has always broken my heart because what a thought. His very Savior is in the distance. Within eye's length, he can see Christ, and a young lady comes to him and says, you're one of them. And he said, let me be cursed of God if I am. I'm not one of them. I have no idea who he is. And at that time, the rooster crowed, just like Malachi. And it said that the rest of Peter's life, anytime he heard a rooster crow, he shuddered inside because of what it brought back the memory of what he had gone through. But fast forward some two, three weeks, fast forward to the resurrection of Christ. The disciples go and they hide. Amen. Though they're men of God. Though they've walked with Christ for three and a half years. Here they are behind closed doors. Behind locked doors. The Bible said for fear of the Jews. Amen. They were literally scared. They were literally fearful of their lives. They seen what had been done to Christ. And these are men of God. But they have failed. Thomas said Lord. He said to them I won't believe unless I see him. I won't believe unless I touch his hands, feel the wound in his side. We're talking about straight up unbelief. And here we are thinking God will never forgive us when we fail him over one thing. Now don't get me wrong, failure's an awful thing. Fail, sin never goes unnoticed. 
God knows when you sin, but when you confess it with your mouth, say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, would you cleanse me? At that moment, through the blood of Christ, you can have forgiveness and assurance that it's gone. Amen? And at that moment, he can begin to restore. And when he saw Peter about two weeks later, somewhere around there, and he said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. He didn't say, Peter, you failed. You're done. Or Peter, if you fail one more time, it's over with. But he never even mentioned his failure. Amen? But God heals and restores. But it's not the failure, but you've heard it before. But what you do after you fail. Amen? A lot of times we fail and we go want to go to sleep for three days. Amen? We want to go curl up in a ball and, and start running from God. Amen? We want to just give up inside. But now ain't the time to give up. Amen? Now's the time to confess that sin. Let the blood of Christ wash and cleanse you and move forward. I like what Brother Jason said today. You got to receive the provision that was made for you. Amen? A lot of us, we, we fight, we struggle, and we wrestle. But when it's already ours. Amen? And this is, this is, this is backwards to what we're used to. Because as guys, we like to work for everything, amen? I wanted, I wanted my son to have the cleanest shoes, shirts, all that, and wanted to work for it, work for it, work for it, rightfully so. But with God, I literally can't earn one thing. This is, this is, this is hard to understand. This is the lifelong lesson. And if we miss this, then we're missing it all. We're, we're frustrating the grace of God. Learning how to trust. The old time song said learning how to lean. Amen. Depend on Jesus. We love that song. Working for the Lord. What's it say? Living for the Lord. Because Avon got a dishwashing job and, and, and Jason was joking. He said like washing for the Lord, you know. But, but you know, we want to work for the Lord. Work for the Lord. Work for the, so for so long I wanted to preach. Amen. Until I started preaching. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you. You don't just get to preach, 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 and teach, teach, teach without going through the process and being a man of God, being made a man of God, amen? I'd rather be a man of God that never said nothing than be a preacher that just looks like a preacher, amen? I'm sorry, you can quote me on that. I know what it is to look the part, to look cool. You know, and we got all these pastors, they look so cool. It ain't even, I'm just looking for the nearest convertible, the nearest Corvette, the nearest whatever, and for them to hop in the thing. Because they look cool and act cool and sound. We got celebrity preachers. But have they been broken? Have they come to Calvary and stayed there? Amen? On a day-in and day-out basis. Amen? To where the Holy Ghost begins to flow through them and gives them something to say. But he said, preach deliverance to the captives. And I want to go here, follow me closely. A brother that I follow on Facebook, he said this, blew my mind. I believe his name's Matt Piney. So, so I, don't, I want to give credit where credit's due. But he said, we have preachers that keep telling people how to get free. Which teaches them to believe that they are not free in the first place. Now, what are you talking about, Terrence? I'm talking about, Jesus said, preach deliverance to the captives. Verse 18. Amen? 
Now, most think, and they look at it and go, yeah, Jesus said he's going to deliver the captives, deliver the captives, deliver the captives. That's true. And he'll do that, I believe. But he came to preach deliverance to the captives. Preach deliverance. Amen? And preachers got to start preaching deliverance. But unfortunately, as preachers, we like to call people forward at the end of the service, lay hands on them until they start shaking in their boots, and then they walk out changed, never to struggle with that sin again. So we think. But that's a wrong mindset. Hello? I want to quote what the brother said one more time. You got to listen to this closely. This is life-changing. We have preachers that keep telling people how to get free. How many? There's been more books on how to get free than anything. There's been more steps to, to get righteous with God, to live a victorious life than anything. We have preachers telling people how to get free, which teaches them to believe they're not free in the first place. What are you talking about, Terrence? You have a sin nature. Amen? <laughs> you have a, we have sin natures within us. When you go to Romans 6, Paul mentions sin, I believe, 17 times, somewhere around there. And we think it's talking about acts of sin, acts of sin, acts of sin. But really he's talking about your relationship to the sin nature. Because when you look at it in the Greek, it's saying the sin, the sin, the sin. He's talking about the sin nature. But if you brought that into English, it don't sound right. If it said the sin every time, because people, it wouldn't fit, it wouldn't work. But he's talking about our relationship to the sin nature preach deliverance to the captives through the preaching of the cross. Hello? Not any other thing. Paul said, Christ sent me not to baptize with preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. And he said, I'm determined to know nothing among you save Christ and him crucified. Now, here's, here's where we got a, we got a problem. Because what are you what are you talking because the church mentions the cross all the time right how do you get saved the cross what jesus did how do you come to jesus believe he died for your sins that's how you get saved but for some reason we just leave the cross there and don't go anywhere else but the key to all victory is staying right there Amen. Staying right there, believing, just like Jason said this morning, believing that he's paid it all. Amen. Receiving the provision that has been made. If you notice what Jason said today as well, he never mentioned everything he mentioned primarily. He was talking about what Christ did. Amen. Christ is going to do things in your life. Amen. He'll set you free. He'll make you free. But he's already done it. Amen. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if you're struggling, if you're online, you're struggling. There's that one sin there that you can't seem to get victory over. Jesus has already done it. Has anyone ever told you that? That's what I would say. Has anyone ever told you that you can, you are already free in Christ? Amen. So instead of us writing 40 books on how to get free, amen, Instead of us reading the purpose-driven life 40 times and having Bible studies about the thing behind closed doors, thinking this is the answer. 
when it's really just a waste of time. We got to open our Bibles and see that the cross is the scarlet thread throughout the whole thing. Amen. And if we miss that, we miss everything. Because in these last days, God has put the, the message of the cross, the gospel of Christ cru crucified before everyone. Amen. One of the primary things that lets us know that we're living in the last days is that there has been an increase in knowledge, but an increase in knowledge of the word of God. Now, if you look around, brother, there's airplanes, dirt bikes, four-wheelers, cars, trucks. Within the last hundred years, all that's been made. That's mind-blowing. Before that, they were living, they were, the Amish, what do they do, horse and buggies? They were doing that for like 5,000 years, 6,000 years. Within the last hundred years, all those things I just mentioned has been made. That's not to mention TVs, phones, iPads, iPods, AirPods, all that. Any other pod you can think of has all been created within the last hundred years, but there's been an increase in the knowledge of the Word of God, which is Christ and Him crucified throughout the past, and I respect it. Many preach Christ for salvation which is so necessary. But we got to understand that it's Christ crucified for everything. Not just some things. Not just here and there. Not just when I feel like it. But if I truly want to be free, if I truly want to live holy, if I truly want to live pure, if I truly want to live this Christian life, I'm not to try harder. All you're going to do is continue to sink when you try to fight your way out of it. But when you open up your Bible, amen, and read that he that the Son has made free is free indeed already, then there's going to be a change come about in your heart and in your life. Amen. Some would say, well, brother, I'm dealing with this situation. It's a cross. Amen. I, I, I like what one brother said. Since if you understand the cross, you don't got to go claiming the promise, every single promise of God. Did you get that? Now, we understand that God came to heal. Amen. God came to deliver. God came to set the captive free. But at Calvary, he did it all. Amen. All in one. Amen. This was a one-time thing. Amen. The devil never had a chance. Amen. I liken it to a basketball game. There's, what do we play? In the, in the, in the NBA, they play what? A lot of times the final score is like 110 to 105. 107, 102, 90 to 100, it was none of that, amen? When he led captivity captive, amen? When he went to Calvary, he made a show of them openly, amen? Made a complete fool out of them. When we were growing up, we used to play pickup ball, amen? And if you couldn't play ball up in New York, you were a scrub. But we'll leave that there. If you can't play ball, don't feel bad. But, <laughs> but you were, you know, it was you're just a little different. But that's up there, amen. We down here now. If you can't ride a horse, you a bum. <laughs> so, I'm out the picture. I rode a horse one time, popped a wheelie, amen. I thought it had a motor in it, and they couldn't get to the, about killed the lady that was trying to get the thing. I felt I didn't feel bad because I was like eight. 
and, and I got out of there. And that was, that was at someone's birthday party. I already was out of place. I'm wearing J's. I'm, it was just a nightmare. I ain't riding, what's his name, Remy? I mean, I'm like, is he smaller than me? But <laughs> I, <clears throat> I laid a chokehold on him. But um, so, you know, I always thought that, you know, like people get chewed up by dogs pretty good. But if one came at me, I'm a, you know, it ain't, it ain't, I ain't going out like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, um, and no disrespect, but, but he came to set the captive free already has amen the christ you serve is not some guy that's on the stained glass window with blue eyes looking at a sheep the christ you serve is the god of everything the christ you serve will save your soul the christ you serve will save your mommy and your daddy the the christ you serve will save your whole family the christ you serve will pay your bills the christ you serve will cleanse your sin amen do it all if you just believe hello see this is this is the only reason that that we can't receive is if we don't know and believe because you can't believe something that you don't know but but paul said in romans 6 i'm all over the place but but this is where we got to read our bibles if terrence messes it up you can go read it at home and that ain't messed up because the scripture is 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 what's the word i'm looking for infallible hello it's in it's been inspired by god so if i mess it up if i don't explain it well you can go right home right after this service and read exactly what i'm talking about paul said in romans 6 know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into christ were baptized into his death. Baptism in water. I've been baptized three times because the first time I thought that I would be more saved. The second time I thought that I'd get the victory. And then I finally recognized neither one of them happened. And <laughs> let me do it the right way. Amen. So I got baptized and came out and here I am. But spiritually that's what happens we got a baptismal right here we got a couple folk in here that were baptized when you went down in that water and came up that's a type of what happened spiritually so that old man hello that I'm telling you right now let me say this if you think in your mind and you're struggling with smoking cigarettes or or dipping snuff or whatever or, or I don't care what it is. Some people just can't stop lying. They tell stories. I'm just like, brother, I see you through you like that of a coffee pot. Yeah. I see through you like, I read you like a book, brother, you're lying. And they believe what they're saying. And some Christians do this stuff. That's just, I never understood that. But, but people wouldn't understand what I struggle with either. But... If you think, brother, I struggle with lying, if I could get just through that, then I would be able to live for Jesus and I'd be scot-free. You'll never get free that way. Amen? Because all you're looking at is the giant. All you're, every day you wake up, it's like, if I could get past this thing, hopefully I don't fall into this trap. Amen? This is a hell-bound battle. 
it's the worst thing you can do. Get up and oh, I hope I make it through the day. That ain't what Jesus came for. Amen. He came to deliver the captives. He came to preach deliverance to the captive. And so if there's one thing you got to understand that just as someone gets baptized in water, comes up brand new, when you came to Christ, the old man, when Jesus went in the tomb, the old man stayed there. And you came walking out brand new. Glory to God. He don't, he don't patch things up. Amen? He don't, he don't, he don't just throw sheetrock over the thing. Hello? <laughs> he tears it down. Glory to God. And makes it brand new to where you can't say you did anything. Now, some would say, oh, my gosh, I want to have a part in it. I'm not saying it to discourage you, but I'm just saying the glory goes to God alone. Amen. And when revival takes place here or wherever it does, and, and I'm believing God to move. Amen. That don't mean that, 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 that people are going to jump through the windows, stuff like that, and we're going to have church for seven months. I hope that happens except for the jumping through the window, but, but we, ain't, we, ain't, we need to understand who we are in Christ. If we don't understand who we are in Christ, we ain't going to make it, especially after we hear it. So I'm telling you, in your Bible, now they say like 10% Christians read their Bible. Now, I know what it is to leave the thing closed to where it collects dust. I've been there as a believer. Just because you don't read your Bible, that don't mean you ain't saved. Amen? That don't mean you ain't experienced Christ. But if you don't read your holy word, then you're shortchanging yourself so bad it ain't even funny. And if you got a message Bible, throw it out. Hello? If you got these other weird translations, throw the things out. Amen? There's only a few translations that are right, but that's neither here nor there. Not going to get on that right now. But I will tell you what my Bible says. And it says that in Christ Jesus, you are right now a new creation. Amen? You should be saying in your soul right now, glory to God. I am a new creation. Glory to God, I do know what he did for me. Some of you, we, we play this little instrumental. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. That's a, that should be something that goes over your mind on a constant basis. Jesus, I'll never forget. No matter what happens. No matter what comes my way. No matter my wife's cussing me out. I'm not talking about my list. I'm talking about no matter what comes your way. You can say, Jesus, I'll never forget. But you got to know that when you got saved, he literally set you free from everything. Broke every bondage. Broke all the, the shame, the guilt, the sorrow. You remember when you got saved, and this may be a, 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 a thing of the past for you. Amen. This may be just a glimmer of a thought in the back of your soul that you remember when you had the joy of the Lord, but you feel like right now you're getting ran over by that of a Mack truck repeatedly, and no one knows it, amen? 
I know what I'm talking about right now. Amen. Paul wrote to Christians. And they were in some pretty rough stuff. Hello? The one brother was, was I don't even want to say it. I'm going to be honest. You, I'm going to be real honest. You go read First, Second Corinthians, they was mixed up in some very, very, very rough stuff. But Paul wrote to them. Christ crucified is the answer. So some of you in here, you ain't struggling with what they were struggling with. I can promise you that. I hope you ain't. Because if you are, you have to get excommunicated. <laughs> and that's what they did with the brother. Well, they told him, if you don't repent, you got to get out of here. Well, now you can go read First, Second Corinthians for yourself, but I promise you, some of you ain't struggling with that stuff, I hope. But he was writing to Christians, and he told them, you have to know this. Amen? Because if you're dominated by sin, do you see? I, I hope I'm making sense right now. If you're dominated, there's, you have a sin nature. Don't focus on every little sin you commit. If you nitpick every sin, you're going to just be completely defeated. But if you understand I have a sin nature, that is my problem. Amen? But at Calvary, Jesus took care of it for me. Amen? It's that simple. And from that, you will begin to be free. You won't be trying to be righteous. You'll understand that you already are righteous in Christ. Because he said that Ab because the Bible said that Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. So some of you in here, if you're struggling, trying to be righteous, trying to be what God wants you to be within yourself, that's all the wrong way. Amen? But at this moment, don't ask him to forgive you for smoking, drinking, and all that. You, you should do that. But ask him to forgive you for trusting in yourself. For, ask him to forgive you for trying to make it on your own. Ask him to forgive you for being so self-righteous that if a brother don't make the prayer meeting, he's a complete moron. Amen? Right? Because that's what we do. Man, I was at church. I didn't see them. And I'm better. But... In Christ, you're righteous right now. Amen? Understand that. Preach deliverance to the captives. Amen? And it didn't say deliver the captives because a lot of times we think if Jesus would just touch me, if he would just lay his hand on my soul, I would be free forevermore. And I've, I want that. I've had altar experiences to where I'll never forget them. But if I don't know the truth, because he said you'll know the truth and the truth will begin to make you free. Amen? Not set you free. That's good. He'll set you free. But make you free. Wants to make something out of you. But sin breaks the heart. Amen? Sin in the life of a Christian literally breaks the heart. Amen? And I know what I'm talking about. And some of you watching online... You failed. Amen? Some of you watching online, circumstances that were out of your control have broken your heart. But I want to tell you, this is what Jesus came to do, was to heal the brokenhearted. I'm afraid that we don't understand. We, we say we believe, and we do. But we don't really understand how much God loves us. I'm, I'm going to just be honest. We, there's no way to understand it. Any of you in here, your parents, you love your child. God loves you, I dare say, a million times more. 
and, and you're his child. Amen? He doesn't want to see you destroyed. Amen? He doesn't want you walking around in fear. Amen? He doesn't want something to take your life. He, doesn't, he, wants, everything, he wants your life to, his will to be done in your life. Amen? He wants you to give the gospel to others. He ain't going to just take you out every time you do something wrong. If that's the case, no one would be here. But this life, because he said to set at liberty them that are bruised. Verse 18, life bruises people. Life is something that none of us really understand. Some, it's something that seems very unfair most of the time. It seems sometimes that there's seasons, and life, I say it all the time, life is full of seasons. Uh, I'm young, but I've just come to understand that some of the worst seasons of my life, they really only sometimes were four months long, five months long, uh, maybe sometimes a year. It was not a good year, but it comes to pass. Amen? But the enemy wants us to think in the midst of these times that uh, there's no hope, that there's no way out. But I'm here to tell you with Christ, it ain't just sometimes. It's not three strikes and you're out. It's he's always there. He's always ready. And that's the thing, willing and ready to set the captive free to make you new again. And I'm here to tell you, when God heals, he heals. Amen? Um, I said, when God heals, he heals 100%. It ain't going to be like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm healed. No, you will be healed. And yes, I'm talking about that physically, but more so spiritually. Because there's things in my soul that I'm still believing God to heal. Bad events things that were out of my control that have hurt my hurt me amen they say real men don't cry there's something like that i don't know but real men do cry <laughs> glory to god i'm gonna just say that because they do if you don't cry then that just that's tough because uh, you need to <laughs> amen i'm gonna just say this too because there's a lot of emotional Christians. You don't got to cry for your sin to be cleansed. <laughs> your, your tears aren't the blood of Christ. Amen. The blood of Christ, is, it's, it's a spiritual thing. It's in the written word of God. The blood of Christ can purge your conscience, the Bible says. Make your conscience brand new to where it's tender. Amen. Now, I'm not going to state, but just know that he can heal the conscience. He can heal the heart. He can heal the mind. Amen? There may be something that has happened to some of you in here that it replays over in your mind, over and over and over and over. And it just seems that there's really no way past it. But I'm here to tell you, Christ came for the purpose of healing your mind, your heart, your soul. Amen? and making you brand new singers and musicians. Would you come up here tonight? He said, recovering of sight to the blind. 
I, I know what it is to be blind. Amen. I remember growing up, I didn't know God. I'm going to just be honest. Until I truly met Christ. And if you guys could just wait one moment to start playing. I remember when just growing up until the age of 13, before I ever had an encounter with God, I know what it is to be blind. Amen. Spiritually. God isn't in your thoughts. Amen. God isn't in your mind. You don't want to do the will of God. You don't want to, uh, you don't know God. You're blind. My nana used to tell me, Terrence, close your eyes for five seconds. What do you see? You see nothing. There's people who are blind spiritually. But Jesus came to preach the gospel. But here's the thing. Jesus uses us as vessels now. And there's people that are blind in this world. I'm telling you what, the rapture is getting ready to take place. And there's people that don't even know that it's getting ready to take place. Amen? And when we're gone, they're going to be in misery. They're going to be so struck to their very soul that they ain't even going to know what to do. But do they know? Amen? But I was blind. Amen? But I can honestly say, now I see. Glory to God. I said, now I see things the way they really are. He wants to, he came to preach the gospel to the poor. Again, that's not just financially, but those who will receive it. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Came to preach deliverance to the captives. Came to set at liberty them that are bruised and recover sight to the blind. And I'm here to tell you tonight that this goes for believers and unbelievers. Amen. We got to know the word here tonight. If you're a Christian, you're already free in Christ. Amen. And I want us to get this here tonight. It's not the will of God for you to live defeated. It's not the will of God for you to live miserable. It's not the will of God for you to wonder if you'll get through another day. But it's the will of God for you to be completely, 100% restored, refreshed, and healed. And those of you online, if this goes for you, if you're struggling, if you've been hurt, Jesus came to heal. Amen. Would you stand with us here tonight? I told Vanessa here tonight, I didn't, I had, there's been two messages I've been battling with all week long but healing amen I can't get past that some people need to be healed I'm not God amen but he knows the need and I want us to open up these altars here tonight and if you have a need amen and I want to say this if people come forward tonight we don't look at them a certain way because it's between them and God amen but if you just have anything that you want to give to the Lord tonight is your night and if you want to dedicate yourself to give the gospel to others in these times that we're living these altars are open here tonight would you spend a moment as they sing it
week. The fish tank filter had been clogged up. And as we were singing this, I don't know why that just came back to my mind. The water running over the filter and just washing all of that junk away. And that should be our plea and our cry because that's what he desires. He is a river of living water, a fountain of living water, a well that never runs dry. And if you will stay in the river, if you'll stay in the water, if you'll stay at the cross, that water will continually flow. Sure, there's going to be junk that comes along. There's going to be shortcomings. We all have them. But that water will continually purify you and wash those things away. He never meant for you to collect the junk and to hold on. He wants to wash you clean. Can we sing that just one more time and just lift our voices? I serve a God who is faithful, He's just, and He's true. That He come to preach deliverance to the captives, to open the eyes of the blind. And I want us to grab hold of what Terrence delivered tonight, that we can't do anything, but we can give them all they ever need in giving them Jesus Christ. Because if we're all honest, we all struggle. We all go through those things in life, those seasons, those stages, those moments of doubt and worry and, and panic. But we must be reminded that He came, that we wouldn't be captive to those thoughts, those, those, those ideas, or the lies the enemy has spoken into us. I'm thankful for the, what the Lord is doing here. I'm thankful for what He's done. But I'm praising Him for what He's going to do. <laughs> I 
I thank Him for giving me vision to see beyond the horizon. To see this place packed. Well, brother, we in a pandemic. I don't care. Pack it out. To see young people flocking in. Hungry for more of the Lord. To see uh, uh, young adults and I guess I'm a middle-aged adult now. And older adults alike, hungry for the Word of God and a move of the Holy Spirit in their lives like they have not experienced or haven't experienced in a long time. Because I can tell you that just because chaos is abounding in the world, God's still in control and He still desires to pour out. I've never read in His Word that if troubled times come, He's going to quit moving. He's going to keep moving. And I'm going to keep receiving. We love you guys. I pray that you take this word to heart. That you'll give them Jesus. You'll preach. You'll preach. You'll preach. And you'll preach again. And give them what will change their life. And that's Jesus Christ. Thank you Terrence for being obedient. Thank you guys for your attention. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be live Tuesday morning Bible study, 10 o'clock, or yeah, 10 o'clock. Uh, Tuesday morning Bible study on Galatians, Wednesday service. More of, uh, not, uh, well, I guess it's more of you Monday, but it's a, a youth Christmas party tomorrow. Remember, young people, come tomorrow, 6.30, wear a festive sweater, make one out of wrapping paper, whatever you need to do, spray paint it, what, however you feel like doing it, make it, but come and uh, be blessed. We love you guys, and we will see you soon.